Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Going to be speaking to Linda Godfrey, and she's kind of the uh, godmother, I guess, instead of godfather of the uh, Dogman. Uh, you know, she she's been looking into Dogman longer than probably anyone else out there. And I, I remember when I first came on the Bigfoot scene, she was a lot of people gave her crap about it. More and more people are starting to come out. I'm just thrilled we have uh, Linda on tonight. I want to welcome uh, Woody to the show. Woody, thanks for being here, man. Yes, man. It's always a pleasure. And, then, and thanks again for having me. I, too, am, uh, I'm very curious on what Linda has to say. It seems to be kind of a growing term that people are talking about. I know I remember when we were at the uh, Bigfoot convention, I talked to Ed Brown a little bit about the Dogman. Something I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about, but uh, I'm very curious about it. So I can't wait to talk to her tonight. And Duke, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Wes. Always glad to be here with you, brother. You know, I, I got to agree with what Woody was saying, too. I'm really looking forward to having a chance to shoot a couple questions by uh, Linda, too. I mean, she's, you know, like you were saying, the godmother of, of Dogman. So, um, you know, there by virtue of the fact she's been in it so long, she should have probably dug up more information on it than almost anyone. So it seemed like the uh, natural person to go to to ask questions about that sort of stuff yeah i can't wait to uh bring her on i can't wait to uh talk with her it's kind of nice we can just sit back relax chill out talk about talk about whatever we want to talk about uh there's no rules for for the show what do you guys think of the election most unpopular question ever (laughs) most exciting election ever next i'll be i'll be asking your guys' religious views but uh you know you're not supposed to talk about (laughs) politics or religion but uh, what do you think of the election, Woody? I... And, and let's keep the swearing to a minimum. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I actually am very, I'm very thrilled that Donald Trump is going to be the next president. Oh, you're a racist. We got a yeah. racist on the air. Yeah, I'm a racist. <laughs> I'm excited for the new cha- changes to come. Uh, I'm tired of all the lies, the corruption. Um, the deceitfulness that Hillary and the and the Clintons ha, have been getting away for, with for a number of years. Um, I think it's time for a change. Donald Trump is a very successful man. Yeah, he's made mistakes in the past, but who hasn't? Uh, but I think for this country to go forward, it's going to have to be with him in the power and not Hillary. Hillary, I think, will just do like you've heard on the news. It's going to be another eight hour, eight years, excuse me, of Obama. So I'm looking forward to it. As far as 
everyone's talking about what a huge upset it is. To me, it wasn't that big of an upset. Uh, the media played into that. The media played into saying that he had lost all the debates. I disagree with that. I think he won majority of the debates. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. That's my, my personal opinion. I'm probably going to offend everybody, but oh well. I'll give you my email if you want. You can you can send me hate mail letter. <laughs> uh, actually, just send it to Wes. He, yeah. I prefer it go to Wes. Uh, that's Wes at Sasquatch Chronicles. Send all my hate mail to him. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so no, I think I think we need someone new, a businessman in power. Uh, I'm really excited about someone that's going to protect all our rights as Americans, protect the Second Amendment Amendment and the Constitution. And I think that's what we need. And I really think that Hillary was uh, more or less tearing the country apart. Um, everyone blames the United States, the country being divided now because of Donald Trump. And he said he was going to make history. Well, he did. He made history. It was like an uh, election like no other. And we probably will never see an election in something like this ever again in our lifetime. So I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to see where we're going to be in five years, six years. I hope it's a positive thing. And to all the Hillary supporters, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, it is what it is. He ran a tight race. Hillary ran a tight race. And I really, from what I can see from from following the election, Donald worked harder. He worked. He worked, and he worked for the people. And one thing that I respect about him, he never once said, I am going to change the country. I am going to make things great again. He says, we, we the people are going to make things great again. And I, and that really, you know, that kind of hit home. And for me, it was a no-brainer. What do you think, Duke? Well, I have to agree with most of what you said. I think he only won two of the three debates. So the one where he had like three people against him, uh, I don't think he really won that one. So you guys can send me two-thirds as much hate mail as you want to send to Woody. <laughs> um, the, uh, the other thing that I wanted to, to mention is, you know, the thing about the campaign that I found the most telling, and I think the real reason why the final result came out the way it was, is because of the viewpoints that the two sides had on the opposing candidates. And that is to say that the people on the left were really mad at Donald Trump about things he had said. And the people on the right were really mad about things that Hillary Clinton had done. And that's a huge difference. So to me, I think that had a lot to do with it. And the other thing is that enough people have finally come around to the realization that really we're not we're not a democracy. We never have been. We started out being a republic, and now we're just a duopoly, uh, uh, self-perpetuating uh, corporatocracy, uh, which is another way of saying fascism. If you want to go and, and say uh, – well, you know, look at the Nazis. They were all right-wing, horrible, you know, the fascist. No, they were left-wing. Look at World War II. USSR, that's the United Soviet Socialist Republic. Nazi is a, uh, a short version of the uh, National Socialist Workers' Party in Germany. Those are both socialist organizations that were running those fascist regimes. And the person that invented fascism, Benito Mussolini, said that the definition of fascism is when corporations are running the country. So really what we've got going right now is this fake duopoly pretending to masquerading as a representative republic when really the corporations are pulling the strings on everything because they buy all the candidates. So now we finally got a chance to put somebody in there that isn't part of the insider structure, can't be bought because he's way too damn rich, and isn't in there to make money. He's taking a huge pay cut to go do this job. In fact, he ponied up $100 million of his own money 
to go ahead and do this campaign because you know how much the Republicans spent on him for for the campaign to advertise for him? Not one penny. Yep. And I'm really glad that they did not spend one penny on Trump because you know what? Trump and his followers are not beholden to the Republican Party at all. I checked out about two minutes ago, three minutes ago, so I'm not really sure what either one of you just Whatever. said. Whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I think with, and we'll move off politics because I'm sure the audience has had enough of uh, politics, but I, I don't think Hillary would have been a great president, not necessarily for all of the obvious reasons, but because the Senate and the House went republic. So if she became president, she would have never accomplished anything unless she did it through executive order, which I think Obama's People are starting to wake up now and realize how many executive orders this guy pulled, and no one ever questioned him on it. And Hillary would have done; she would have had to have done the same thing in order to accomplish anything, because she would have never gotten anything through the House. She would have never gotten anything through the Senate. Yeah. Absolutely, think, she would have been just a total lame duck president the whole time she was in. Yeah, and, and I think that's really the difference. And and I hope you know who knows with Trump. Uh, I would, to be honest with you guys, I'm sure this is a very unpopular opinion, but I really wasn't a fan of either one of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I really didn't care too much for Hillary. I really didn't care too much for Trump. Um, I think one is a criminal, and I think the other one is a loudmouth that doesn't stop for two seconds to think about what he's saying. And, you know, he's got an ego the size of Texas. And uh, maybe that, that works for a world leader. You know, Put, I guess Putin's kind of the same way. Putin kind of has an ego the, the size of Texas. And so... Maybe that's a good requirement for for being a president. But um, I think it's a lesser of two evils. And I think Trump is probably the lesser of two evils with regard to, you know, Clinton getting in office. Because, you know, Clinton was just – there was too many things to where I think if it, she wouldn't have been Hillary Clinton, people would have called her out on a lot more things. And most people were willing to kind of look the other way. The media was kind of willing to look the other way. It's like the night of the election. I was up till, well, I know both you guys were up all night watching it, just like I was. And yep. to see John Podesta come out mm-hmm. and tell everyone, well, we're going to wait till the morning. Everyone just go home and go to bed. I knew at that moment the election was over because they've already they'd done the math. You could already figure it out by looking at some of the news channels. It was already over at that point. But for her not to come out, here's people waiting till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and I realize it's a big deal. She just lost a major election to a person that she probably doesn't like very much. But in the same breath, you have to come out. I mean, for nothing else than for your supporters sitting there. And yet she goes home and goes to bed and then uh, gives a speech at 10 a.m. And peace out, everyone. I'm out to, off to Saudi Arabia or wherever she's going now, along with the rest of the celebrities that said they would leave <laughs> if if uh, Trump was elected. And, I, you know, I don't, I'm just glad it's over with, man. This whole process has been exhausting. Yeah, particularly this time. It was really a rough go. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a great spectacle, but thank God it's over with. And, you know, one thing to think about, too, that I thought about last night, and I'm sure Wes and Duke, you, you both have thought about it, um, is, you know, where do we go from here? And, and just what you said, Wes, earlier was, well, I voted for the lesser of two evils. Well, and I think a lot of people in America did the same thing. You know, not a lot of people are huge supporters of Donald Trump. A lot of people do not like Hillary, can't trust her. And I think, you know, it was kind of like, uh, well, let's go Trump because I don't, I, you know, I don't like Trump, but let's go Hillary because I don't trust her. But the real question is, is what is, the, what is America, where do we go as uh, the United States? What do they do now? One of the hardest parts, and I feel for Donald Trump, is going to be 
bringing everyone back together. There's been so much emotion and um, heartache in this campaign. And it was, let's admit it, it was a dirty campaign. This was, I mean, everybody's dirty laundry was thrown out there. And, it, you know, it, like Trump said, it's going to go down in history and it will. But uh, the scary part is, is, you know, we voted, a lot of the people voted for Donald Trump and they don't really like him, a lot of them, but it was lesser of two evils. And how do you reunite these two when it's so, when it's so split, and the United States is so split, how do you bring the American people back together? And that's going to be the real challenge. True. But I mean, that in a way, that's the same challenge that Obama was facing. And, uh, you know, where did we end up after eight years? The, the country's more divided than it was when we started. Did you guys see all the protests going on? Here's from uh, downtown Portland. They're protesting in downtown Portland, not my president. And they have this whole they have this whole crowd in downtown Portland blocking the streets, shutting down TriMet, shutting down all of the uh, transportation in the city because these guys want to go through and scream, not my president. And if you actually watch this, uh, you can't tell. Obviously, it's a radio show. But if you watch the video one of the guys walks up and spits right on right on the camera. Cameraman has to has to uh, wipe off his camera because he spit on his camera. It's like, really? Is this really what we're doing? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, the the election's over with. You, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, what what are you hoping to accomplish? I almost want to grab a mic and a camera. We should do that, Woody. I should go down there and go down yeah, there and start asking questions. That's genius. Take me with. Yeah, because, you know, what? I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish at this point. Trying to make a, a bunch of noise uh, and be whiners is what it seems like to me. It's like a five-year-old have thrown a fit because they didn't get a popsicle. Well, a lot of it, a lot of it, too, is, is, is do the, and they're all young people. They're all, it's, it's college kids, right? I mean, it's, it's kids in college, PCC and all that stuff down there. Well, and there is, there is, Duke. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds of kids in downtown Portland uh, protesting right now, and you know, me, I just, I feel like I want to go down there and say, get your ass back in school, don't be dumb, you know. I, I bet if you walked up to those, Wes, I bet if you walked up to those students, and you said, give me five reasons why you think Hillary should be president, and give me five reasons why Donald Trump shouldn't be president, I bet they couldn't answer either one of the no, five. Of course not. I mean, they're they're basically just doing, they're doing it based on what they've heard. Uh, I I know when I was that age, I had really no clue what was going on in politics. I I, I highly I mean I know there's smarter people out there me than me for sure. But uh, you know, at, at you're that, looking at one. Yeah. Hey Duke, you look good. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you know, and that's. <laughs> and no, honest. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit older than you guys are, and when I was in my twenties, I was just as. Uh, idealistic and unwise as a lot of them tend to be and it's just a consequence of being that age you haven't been around long enough to see this kind of underhanded shady stuff and to get disenfranchised enough to start really distrusting people yet so when somebody comes along and offers you utopia and says let's all work together and we can achieve this wonderful dream i mean they're all idealistic man they want to jump in with both feet and go hell yeah i'm behind that let's do it and they don't realize they're being taken advantage of 
Well, plus they get out of class at the same time, right? And that I mean, too, let's, yeah. let's let's be let's be honest about the whole thing. They're out of class, and uh, again, send my hate mail to Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com, and I'll be he'll be happy to answer all his questions. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's actually an attention thing too. Myself, I think it's I'm out of class, uh, I'm getting attention, and um, you know, mom and dad are going to be proud of me for standing standing up for what I believe. They don't even know what they believe at this point. That's my honest opinion. Well, yeah, and you're right, Woody. I mean, the beauty of this new show is that we can kind of talk about some of these new things coming out. And I hope people find it interesting. Maybe they don't. They're probably burnt out on politics. Not like we'll discuss politics in every show, but yeah, it's kind of nice to talk about it from time to time and, and just get a feel for what's going on out there. I've had a lot of people from the UK uh, contact me and ask me what my feeling on Trump being elected is. And they're asking the wrong guy. I mean, I really think it's irrelevant who the president is. They can do a little bit of things to make some things better. But I think for the most part, it really, at the end of the day, it's kind of irrelevant. The president doesn't hold as much power as everyone thinks that they do. It's like I said a moment ago. If Hillary would have become president, she would have accomplished nothing. Absolutely nothing. She's a, And she would have been the leader of the free world. She would have been able to accomplish zero. Zero point zero. Well, I, I kind of kind of disagree with you a little bit on that, Wes, because oh, your mic's off. Sorry about that. Uh, so Linda Godfrey's coming up at the top of the hour, and I'm really looking forward. She's got a new book called Monsters Among Us. I'm just joking. What do you go ahead? <laughs> I'm over here trying to not bust out. I hate you. I got this board where I can control everyone's mic and everyone's sound. It's it's. I feel like Hitler. No, I I agree. I agree with what you're saying as far as the president it doesn't have as much control as as everyone thinks they do. But in the instance with Donald Trump being into power, he's not in bed with all the internationally with Saudi Arabia. He's not fed money by Saudi Arabia. So there is there is going to be uh, um, somewhat of a change to where he can make more decisions and have a little more power than Hillary did. She was tied and bound by money. Yeah, I'll agree with that. She's cutting deals on the side as secretary of state. She's definitely cutting deals on the side. She didn't make her millions as uh, sitting by uh, Bill Clinton, trust me. No, one thing I've been kind of curious about, and I don't know if you guys know any more about it than I do, is all these ads that are popping up on all the Facebook um, Bigfoot groups for uh, Don Peak Wilderness Adventures. Do you guys know anything about Don Peak? It's like he just kind of came out of left field all of a sudden and started having this big presence all over the place. I, I don't know anything about him. I know he's been posting in Sasquatch Chronicles. I guess I don't really feel one way or another about him. I, I mean, he, it seems like he's gathering people to, if you go to Sasquatch Chronicle fans on, on the Facebook page, I know he's been posting in there. He's been posting, this person's in charge of Kentucky. This person's in charge of uh, Maine. This person's in charge of whatever. Uh, but I, I don't really have anything against him. I, I don't either. I was just doing some research on the guy, and, um, you know, it seems like he does have some detractors out there who are not at all confident that he's being uh, straight up. But there's other people that are, you know, pretty much 100% on his side. So at this point, not having enough actual good information to rely on, I, I sort of don't have an opinion on it either. I was just uh, curious, and maybe if some of the listeners out there, when they hear this, know anything they can uh, – let us know in the comment section what they think. Yeah, I don't know. I generally don't pay attention to researchers. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of them that are begging for attention. I'm not saying Don Peake is, but 
Uh, I generally don't pay attention to researchers for the most part, unless they have something interesting to say or, uh, and then I can go off on a tangent on this, but it's the guys that, um, I don't even like the term researcher, to be honest with you. Uh, I hate when someone says researcher. Call yourself an investigator. You're, you're not research. Researching implies that. Tell me something interesting. You've been researching this for 40 plus years. Tell me something I don't know. Explain to me something about their behavior I don't know. Explain to me something about, tell me something interesting. Uh, I know there was a guy on the website, and I won't mention his name, but, you know, everything that he was posting was drama-related, related to the Bigfoot world. And I'm like, hey, man, there's a million other sites you can go do this at. I, why are you here? Well, I've been yeah. researching this for 40 years and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, you know, you need to show respect for your elders and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, tell me something interesting then. Don't post an article about how much Wes hates Will or don't post an article about how this researcher hates this researcher or uh, tell me something interesting. It's like, give me something real. Yeah, know? give me something real. Give me something. See, give me the meat and potatoes of of your knowledge. That's what I'd, I'm really interested in. And most of them have nothing. And that's mm-hmm. why you don't hear a ton of researchers on the show. Like Linda Godfrey, I respect what she's done. She's been looking into this way before anyone was ever really talking about Dogman. You know, there are some researchers I absolutely respect, but I think for the most part, it's all about drama or who hates who. And, you know, I, I watch these YouTube videos for satirical reasons. I could play a couple, uh, probably make the audience laugh. But uh, you get some of these researchers and it's just like, what are you talking about? You hate this guy because of what? And you, you're making a video about what? And... You know, it's it reminds me of, um, you know, in, in school, if you acted that way in school towards another schoolmate or, you know, your mom and dad would be all over your ass about it because it's inappropriate behavior. But for some reason yeah. in the Bigfoot world, it breeds this inappropriate behavior where everyone hates everyone. Everyone's going after everyone. And I think I lack the ability to care about that sort of thing. Like I know Operation Sea Monkey. Uh, I, know, <laughs> I know you guys kind of went off on it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's and I guess for the audience, I'll explain. No uh, need to explain. OK, well, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Operation Sea Monkey was a bunch of researchers that got together. Todd Neese and Ron Moorhead and Thomas Steenberg, a couple other researchers. They got a it was public funding. They went out and I think it was five grand. Wasn't it five grand? Yeah, I think it was five. Well, I don't know. It changed a couple of times, so I'm not quite sure. Here we go. Uh, buckle up, people. They, they get they get one amount of money, then it has to go up to another. I, I don't know. I guess Lobster went up while they posted the GoFundMe account. I'm not sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, they. <laughs> this is a bad topic for Woody. Woody's about ready to go ape crazy in this joint. Uh, well, I got a question here now. Did they have an actual set goal on their agenda before they started asking for money, or was it just we're going to go do recon? Goal as far as what they were hoping to accomplish? Yeah, yeah. Was there like a hotspot, a known hotspot they were going to? Was there some specific thing they were trying to accomplish, or was it just let's tool around and see if there's Bigfoot up here? No, they just felt like that would be a good prime area for um, Sasquatch to be in, as far as I know. So it was just a reconnaissance uh, expedition, basically. Yeah, I think it was a reconnaissance expedition. I think the area they actually went to, though, has a history of sightings. I think that was the reason why they chose that area. 
And I don't, obviously, Todd knows That's it. a sexy version, way to say it. <laughs> Woody's pretty bitter. Uh, everyone might want to go ahead and skip ahead to the first hour when I have Linda Godfrey on, <laughs> if you want to bypass all of this. Uh, but I think they actually, it was, a, Duke, you're right. Yeah. I think Duke's going to die. <laughs> He's like hunched over in his chair laughing. I, Sorry. I, I think that they actually, it was an area that had a history of sightings and they were doing recon is, is what <laughs> Woody. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll turn it over to Woody. No, no. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, from what I heard, and I don't know the whole thing, there was some people in there that I really respect. Uh, well, let's back up real quick. Operation Sea Monkey. Mm-hmm. I'll let you talk after this. Operation Sea Monkey was a crowdfunding for a group of researchers to get on a very large boat, go up to Canada, and check out the islands, and then come back. And they were going to set up trail cams, and uh, they had originally asked for, I believe it was 2100 2200 something like that. And then they came back and said they needed five grand. And I think they got over five grand uh, for this expedition. But just there you go, Woody. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what the what the total dollar amount was, but one dollar is too much. But anyways, since they since they did go to uh, Canada, uh, Todd, Todd did put a GoFundMe account page on on uh, Facebook asking for help to fund this operation sea monkey it was him and some researchers and some of them you know to uh to his credit were very very good researchers that you know i i definitely respect but um the parts that i didn't understand was him going to the public and asking for all this money um to go up to canada to do it and and there's a lot of reasons why i feel that way they're going up on a yacht so they need money to go up on a boat or a yacht up to Canada. Okay, there, there's a question right there. What, where did the boat come from? Did they have to rent it? I don't know. I don't know for sure if it was Todd's boat or if they rented one. Maybe they rented one. I do know that they hired. It sounded like they hired a captain, and which I can understand. I mean, that's a pretty long, long track from the Columbia River all the way up to you know up to Canada, uh, up into where they were going. I can kind of understand somebody that needs to know what they're doing has to be in charge. Right. Uh, some of the things that uh, I didn't agree with was. It started at a certain dollar amount, and if you go along and, and and to go backwards, I don't know what the first dollar amount was. Then it went up, and then it went up, and went up, and it seemed like every every post that Todd did every day it changed. Todd, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. And Todd and I thought we're pretty good friends. I mean, we've we've had our differences in the past, but I finally just got tired of it. I, <laughs> oh, I, shit. I was like, I can't, I can't believe that this is this is what they're doing. And of course, Ron Moorhead was going. Love the debt. Love, love Ron Moorhead. Everything. He, I mean, I rest, respect the guy. Love the guy. Um, but I just couldn't understand the amount of money that uh, these guys were needing to go to go do what they were doing. And I was pretty upset about it. And I know there was a lot of other people that I talked to that were upset about it as well. And they felt that they felt that it was kind of a a way to campaign more money for this. And it actually was going into their pockets. And then pretty soon, you see on Facebook that these guys are eating better than I do on a boat in the middle of nowhere, like they're on a cruise on the love boat, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I wasn't happy with it. it. It pissed me off, to be quite honest with you. So you you feel like they sort of abused their privilege asking for I ever think more, so. more I think more so. I, I was at the International Bigfoot Conference, and Todd up on the stage, and I'll come out and say it right now, Todd was up on the stage, 
and he talked about how he has two homes. He has a he has a home down on the Columbia River, and then he has a home up at up on Mount Hood. Great. Well, shortly after that, there's another there's another thing on Facebook posted, and here social media is going to destroy everybody. But it, he posted it. He said, "Oh, I got all my pay, my bills paid off. I'm no longer in debt. Well, good for you. Most of us Americans do, and I have debt, and." You're asking money from people so you can go on your love boat cruise, you know? So, um, and and eventually, so they went up to Canada, and I I guess all they found was bear. I mean, you probably know as much as I do. I I know, Duke. They found bear tracks, took some pictures, and said, oh, yeah, this could be a good spot. Let's do it again next year. Well, sure, you're going to do it again next year. I didn't hear anything about any really good uh, evidence coming out at all from the whole thing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. They had pictures of bears and said, oh, yeah, well, we'll do this again next year, you know? And uh, it really kind of burnt my ass, and I made some enemies and people unfriended me and stuff. But, uh, you know, let's be real, man. If you have some evidence and you have something good and you need some money to get somewhere to do something, I'm one of the first guys that donate to that. But to be ripped right. off and to be ripped off and pointed in the wrong direction and thinking you have some sort of evidence or you put that many researches together and you come back with nothing? Give me yeah. a break. Give me a freaking break. The other thing is this isn't like the first time something along these lines has happened. Uh, you know, look at the Falcon Project where they got all that tons of money piled up to make their uh, little autonomous uh, floaty uh, to fly around and do infrared pictures and everything else. And then the guy took the money and absconded with it and they got nothing for it. Yeah. Well, where did the money go? Where, the yeah. money, where does the money end up? Mm-hmm. I bet they're eating better than I you or I are tonight. Oh, well, yeah. Well, if they're eating anything, they're eating better than me, but that's not the point. <laughs> I think it sounds like sour grapes, if you want my honest opinion. I think that these guys, they went out, and no one put a gun to anyone's head to have them donate to anything. I don't remember them putting a gun to anyone's head to donate. And, you know, I, I t- the only thing I would agree with is it would have been better. I probably, I didn't donate, but I probably would have if they would have gone to the area and came back and said, hey, listen, guys, we got this, 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 and this. Here's what we want to do. Come mm-hmm. back with a real plan on what you want to do and how you're going to accomplish it. And I think because these Bigfoot celebrities or whatever you call them, they can go on there and say, well, I need five grand, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they get it. A lot of people get upset by that. But I didn't donate anything for for those guys to go do Operation Sea Monkey. I had a feeling they were going to come back with Bear. Uh, but, you know, it's always worth a try. Why not try? You know, when we wanted to go to the moon, we said, why not try? And so right. they tried it, and it didn't quite work out. But uh, Why not go right here in your backyard that's ground zero? Why do we have yeah. to get on the love boat and cruise down the Pacific Ocean up to Canada? and eat lobster and crab the whole way up and then post it on Facebook. And why, why not only that, but why, you know what? Here's the other thing. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss on any of those guys really, but I'm just going to point the facts out. One of them is a millionaire. One of them owns a grocery store and the other one owns his own coffee business. They have more money than I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Get well, in a way, it'd be sort of like the same thing as if I said, well, I want to go up and do a research project in Alaska. All you guys send me a pile of money so I can afford to fly myself and all my equipment up there and be there for a week or something. Well, hell's bells, dude. All I have to do is walk four miles out of town, and there's plenty of Bigfoot right there. 
Why the hell do I need all this money to go somewhere else? It's called a vacation, Duke. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's that's the point I'm making. It kind of doesn't seem like reasonable or logical to do well, something like that. I don't think it's a vacation. I think it was more of an adventure than a vacation. Okay. I, Slash vacation. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I don't think – I mean, listen, these guys went online. They said, we need X amount of dollars. Here's what we're planning to do. And they got the money. And so you can't really hold it against them for taking the money and going and trying. You know, if they would have came back with uh, one on video or they would have came back with major evidence, everyone would have been calling these guys geniuses. But the mm-hmm. fact that they didn't, they just came back with Bear, which you, you could probably, I would have put my money on before they left. Uh, I think that it's irrelevant what they came back with because they at least put forth the effort to go out and look. They at least put forth the effort. And, you know, listen, five grand is five grand. That's a lot of money. Uh, and I don't know that uh, I'm sure those guys could have came up with five grand of their own money, but uh, it's funner to spend other people's money. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, I quit trying to sh- quit trying to sugarcoat the whole thing, man. It is what it is. Well, you know, the other thing that that ties in with all this stuff that we're talking about right here is is money. Follow the money trail. It seems like the people that are the big celebrities in the community always have something that they're trying to sell. And, you know, if you talk about this Operation Sea Monkey thing, we're talking about money. If you talk about uh, the uh, Don Peak, uh, again, it's it's a money thing. Um, you know, any researcher can come out of left field, not be known, all of a sudden make a name for himself, have everybody paying attention to him for a few months. Fine, that happens all the time. When you come out of left field and you've got a pile of money and you're trying to hire researchers in every state and in other countries and you're footing the bill for them, Obviously, the question that comes to mind is who's paying for this and what's their agenda? And I don't know anything about that. I don't know what money he has or what who he's hiring or what. Yeah, I guess I lack the ability to care. I really don't care. Uh, well, maybe I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a GoFundMe page. It's called uh, Operation Flybird. Uh, we will be flying over Yakul Mountain. I'll need some donations for that. But it's in my own backyard. I wouldn't need much, need much money. <laughs> sour grapes I, i'm telling you i don't think it's that big of a deal i really don't i think again they you know they put them they put the thing out there asked for the funds they got the funds who cares mm-hmm. you know if you're not spending your own money who cares what they're doing with it if they want to go out you know and they were going on a uh if i donated that would have been my money well you know and that's a different story though and you can hold them accountable you know if someone donated you can hold them accountable to it uh, but I, you know, I'm willing, unwilling to hold them un- accountable to it because I didn't donate. And uh, but I thought it was a good. I mean, honestly, I thought it was a cool idea. I just wish they would have gone to the area and come. And I see your point, Woody, about going up to you places that are close to where you're at. But in the same breath, I don't know. I don't have. Any, I don't have the same breath. But anyway, um, <laughs> I did, I guess I'm not so. Uh, hooked up on it it doesn't bother me as much uh they had a cool idea they went and got public funding for it they tried it and they came Here, back with here's pictures here's of the right way to go about doing something i'll cut you off here's the right way to go about doing something like that let's say us three me you and duke duke west and i we decide to go somewhere we think there's somewhere that may possibility may have the possibility of having a sasquatch in let's go check it out Let's get let's get some intel. Let's check it out. See what's up there. Find some evidence. 
come back to the people and say, hey, look, this is what we got in that area. And in that, and, then, and this is why we want to go back in that area. But to go back in that area, we need A, B, C, D, and E. Can you help us get there and get the right equipment, help, help the right people to get there? Because this is important. No, they didn't do that. They did it completely the oh, wrong way. Oh, I don't way. disagree with you. I think there was definitely some showmanship going on. You know, hey, listen, we're going to get on a yacht. We're going to block, you know, uh, I know Todd has his picture as, as far as National Geographic photoshopped on his on his Facebook page. Uh, but even that doesn't really bother me. I mean, I, I think there was some showmanship on it. Like, we're the big bad researchers going out there. But again, I mean, listen, they tried. They failed, but they tried. And I, yeah. I have a hard time faulting someone for trying. Uh, you know, I, well, Absolutely. I, I'm always going to give people more credit for actually getting out there and trying, even if they do fail. Because they're, you know, at least they're doing something. There's plenty of armchair experts that are sitting back doing nothing and complaining about everybody that's out there doing something. So, you know, I don't agree with that either. Woody's already left. He's on his way to go put sugar in uh, Todd Nisa's gas tank. Uh, <laughs> so it's just you and me, Duke. Uh, <laughs> you well, know, it, let, let's say this. I could have downsized the boat. I could have downsized the cost. I could have got a smaller boat. I didn't have, we wouldn't have had to take what we take up there. It could have been a one or two day expedition. Instead, they made it in this extravagant uh, Gilligan's Island, let's go have fun uh, on our vacation type thing. That I don't agree with. I feel like the, uh, the people that donated to that uh, got taken advantage, advantage of. There was a much easier way, to, easier and cheaper way to do it. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. You're getting Mark grumpy in your old age. Thank you. You don't have to be. You don't have to wait to be old to get grumpy. Go ahead, Woody. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. And I'm not. I'm I mean, not. I'm, I, here's the thing. You don't have to be old. Here's to the thing. You, here's the thing, you guys, and everybody, and everybody that's listening is I. You know, I really I like Todd. I like all the guys that went on there. I really like Ron Moorhead. Uh, there's there. I just have a problem with the amount of money that they spent, the amount of money that kept changing, uh, and uh, I just feel like there was a more affordable way to go and um, do research since they're researchers, and I, I just feel there was a better way to do it, and I feel like the way that they did it, you know, was almost kind of an insult. You know, they're posting pictures on Facebook, on social media, you know, with them eating lobster and crab and did it, having a good time. I'm not saying you can't have a good time because you should. That's that's part of that's part of the fun of going out and doing something you enjoy, and and researching. Uh, you know, Sasquatch, I, I'm not saying not, don't have fun. And this is completely, totally serious, but you know what, when you start kind of flaunting your, flaunting your stuff around and when you are asking, you have a, you have a certain amount of deadline of money or a capital of money that you want or a ceiling of money. And then all of a sudden that goes up and oh, it's like, Oh, it's like, Oh shit. Okay. We got 1500 now, 2000 now it's five grand, whatever it is. You know what? Make, make your mind up, you know? And, and let's, and, and for me, I always try to do things the most sensible way to start with. It's like, like I said before, let's do it affordable. Let's not ask all my good friends for a whole bunch of money so I can post on Facebook that I mean lobster. That's going to piss me off. You know, mm -hmm. how about, like I said, get a smaller boat. Let's cut the fuel cost down. Do we really need a captain? I don't know. Todd, you're a military guy. You're a, I mean, you're on a boat. You live on a boat. You should probably be able to captain yourself way up there. I don't know. But you know what? Let's, let's chill all the costs and get them down. 
you know, and then I would be more likely to donate. But the way they did it was was very unprofessional, and I took insult to that. And I think there's a lot of people out there that probably feel the same way. Well, ultimately, it's up to the people that donated the money whether they feel that they were ripped off or not, you know. And I agree with Wes. If, you know, people want to pony up the money to give them the expedition up there, then, you know, go ahead and do it. But it would be nice. And I agree with what you were saying, Woody. You know, if it was you, me, and Wes, we would go and actually do a reconnaissance and we'd find some, you know, actual evidence that there was something there worth looking at before we presented our case and said, yeah, give us money. But that doesn't mean that that necessarily is the only approach or the right approach. You know, everybody's got a different way of looking at this sort of thing. So although we might find it a little bit shady, um, maybe some other people don't think that it is. Well, I don't think it's shady. I think that, you know, he, like I said, I mean, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but I really don't. I mean, they wanted X amount of dollars to go up to do this investigation to see if there was something there. And and I know uh, he's come back and said he needs three times the amount to go back a second time. And I, I don't know. Todd just said that in passing on a show, but I don't know if that's truly how he feels. The other part of this, too, you have to think about is I, I took a lot of crap on this because people were saying, oh, call him out, call him out, call him out. And I'm like, call who out? Call who out about what? And the thing with they're like, oh, you're just afraid you're not going to be invited to Beachfoot. I could care less if I'm invited to Beachfoot or not. I could care less. Do I have a good time there? Yeah. But is it going to make or break what I'm going to say? No, it doesn't. But I, I know it did bother some people, and, you know, I guess my advice is get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I don't Sorry, really have an opinion on one way or the other. I think it's kind of bizarre, but, you know... <laughs> You got so many mercurial, weird, egotistical personalities in the Bigfoot community that this kind of stuff just pops up all the time. So there's no avoiding it. And it's not necessarily a rational decision that, oh, I'm going to go out and take advantage of people. It just, you know, weird things happen. And sometimes it looks different from the outside than maybe what it is on the inside. Uh, You know, the uh, I was going to tell you, should we talk about the brothers encounter since this is a free open new show and we can just chat? Or should I leave that sure. one alone, Duke? Oh, please help us, brothers. Yeah. Yeah, we should <laughs> probably mention that. You don't think so, Wood? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think I should? I mean, I can cut this part out if you don't think I should. It's your show, bro. Come on, guy. It's your show. Give me a heads up. What do you think? Heads up. Should I talk about it or not? Yeah. <sighs> well, maybe we should move on to something else. No, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe you want to save that one for the second episode. So you guys tell me what you think about this. I'll give you the. I'll give you guys the uh, exclusive. I need some exclusive music here. I'll give you the uh, exclusive on what happened. So I had these two brothers contact me. Did I tell you the story, Woody? Mm-hmm. You have to tell me what you think afterwards. Oh, here it comes. This guy's fired up tonight. Uh, get ready. <laughs> so I had these two brothers on, right? And it was the episode, We Need Help. Very cool guys. Very nice. uh, Absolutely great guys. Two brothers. And they were having trouble around this property. And they were having very aggressive type encounters. And they sent me some pretty cool pictures of these things. What appears to be, it looks like an ape standing in the bush, probably 40 feet away from where he took the picture. I mean, just this black 
not really a blob squatch, better than a blob squatch, but uh, you can't see too many details, but it's just this black figure standing in the, in the brush looking at him. So they sent me some pretty good evidence. And the story, what happened was is they had moved into this home and started notice, noticing activity. No one had lived in in this area or in this home for several years. So one brother moves in, and he's probably, I don't know, uh, uh, probably two miles from where his, his brother. His brother bought a home about two miles away. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And they buy this home. Now, when I first talked to the brothers, it was very interesting to talk with them because they had mentioned this woman, homeless woman. And I regret never asking any questions about it, but I just passed it off as a homeless woman. And so the brothers were getting, it was becoming more and more aggressive. These things were getting more and more aggressive with these guys. I think as most, most of the members know that have listened to the show, they had one chase them through the garage. It had actually peed in the garage as it was chasing this kid. He goes inside the home. They were having it come up to the window at night, to his daughter's window. I think his daughter's like eight years old. And it was coming up to the window at night, tapping on the window. And he'd catch it several times. He'd turn on the light and catch it. And it would stand up and walk back into the wood line. So to cut a long story really, really, really short, they were having major, major, major aggressive, aggressive problems with these things. It got to the point to where his wife and his child moved out of the home. And the brothers were putting together a plan, kind of like Operation Sea Monkey, where they were going to uh, – <laughs> Woody's mic's still on. i gotta, I got to mute him out if he's going to laugh. Uh, but they had put together – on a serious note, they put together a plan to kill one of these things. And they were going to – the problem with killing one of these things, one of the brothers told me, is – they would get up on the roof at night. He would hear what sounded like a five or 600-pound man run across his roof at night, almost on a nightly basis. I mean, they were having major, major, major problems. And he was sending me audio. I mean, you'd hear these things roar and scream and whoop. And uh, they had just set out their audio recorders to capture it. So they come up with this plan to kill one of these things. Well, every time I talked to these brothers, I could tell they hadn't slept Almost every time I could tell you that these guys hadn't slept in two or three days. They were high stress and they were under major duress every time I talked to them. They would t talk about where do we shoot them, how do we kill them, uh, on and on and on and on. One of the brothers contacted a uh, spirit medium. Here's where the story starts to get really weird. So left one of the, turn. Yeah, here's where it takes a huge left turn. So one of the brothers contacts a spirit medium. And this lady comes out to the property. And when she walks out to the property, as she's walking up the steps, she collapses. And one of the brothers thought she was having a heart attack. He's telling his other brother, hey, call 911. She's having a heart attack. She tells him, no, I'm not having a heart attack. Uh, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of entities. Now, this, these are the brothers telling me the story. She was overwhelmed by the amount of entities. And I said, are you sure she used that term entity? And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what she said. And he had no clue what that meant. He was like, well, what does that mean? And so I said, that's interesting. She used that term. And so what happened next? He said, they put her in a chair and she's holding her chest. And she said, I'm just overwhelmed by the amount of entities. And one of the brothers was kind of like Woody. Uh, he's a, kind of a wise ass. He goes, you, well, what do you mean? You haven't even seen one yet. And she goes, no, there's two over there. And, it, you know, they both look over and there's two of them standing there and they and the creatures actually duck down. So they bring her inside. And 
prior to this, remind me to come back to the homeless woman because that's a really weird part of the story. Yeah. So they bring her inside, and she she says to them, "What we need to do is pray." And so now neither one of these guys are religious by any means. I can I know that for a fact just from talking to them. I can tell you that for a fact. I don't think either one of these brothers have ever cracked open a Bible in their life. And I'm not bagging them by saying that. I'm just saying they're not the religious type by any means. So they start talking to her, and they start asking her about her background. You know, you, how the heck did you get into Bigfoot? How the heck did you get into uh, Dogman? She says to them that she grew up as a witch. And what she did was is she um, would cast out demons. Or she messed with demons when she was younger. And she'd do a lot of witchcraft. And she claimed she knew demons by first name. And so the brothers are like, okay. And, and one of the brothers had told me, because I, I don't really buy into the demon thing, but okay. So they're sitting there talking to her, and she says, I, you know, I know demons by first name. I Now I've stepped away from the witchcraft side of it and actually found Christianity. And I'm doing this now for the Lord, and I do exorcisms. I go out to people's homes that are having poltergeist problems. And I, I cleanse the, the home. And the brother's like, great, what does it have to do with us? We got a Sasquatch problem. So she says, what we need to do is pray. So they sit around, they pray. And then she goes, let's step outside. So they step outside. She walks them to the edge of her property line. And she says, what you need to do is command them in the name of Jesus Christ not to come across the property line. They're not welcome here anymore. And don't come on my property anymore. They're not welcome. We want nothing to do with you. On and on and on. So the brothers do that. And so when one of the brothers called me, he goes, Wes, it's the strangest thing. They won't come up to the house anymore. Now, here's the interesting part. When I talked to the brothers originally, I told you they were distressed, hadn't slept in a while. Uh, They were under major stress every time I talked to them. This was the first time I ever talked to these guys where they sound completely relaxed. And I said, what do you mean they won't come up to the property anymore? And he says, they won't. They'll come to the edge of the property. They'll scream. They'll roar. Uh, they're still up on the ridge line where they've always been. And they'll knock down trees. And they'll, you know, throughout the night, it sounds like there's 20 lions up there fighting. But they will not come on the property anymore. He said, they will not come up to my daughter's window anymore. So I don't know if it's coincidence or if there's something to this. But the story gets a little stranger. So they ran into this homeless woman and a couple times they brought it up to me before this spirit medium showed up. They had kind of ran it past me and looking back now, I wish I would have asked questions about this homeless woman, but I never did because I just thought, oh, it's a homeless woman. And I said, well, the last time I talked to him, I said, describe this homeless woman to me. And he goes, Wes, it's, it's not what you think. And I said, well, just describe her to me. And he said, she's about 6'5". She's built like a Sasquatch. Uh, She's not a Sasquatch. She's very much human looking. Uh, She's white. She's probably in her late 60s. And she wears clothes that are almost too small for her. Almost like she stole the clothes. And he said the other part of, of this woman that's interesting is she wears white shoes. And I said, well, what's interesting about that? And he said, well... She wears white shoes, but they're about four sizes too big. They look like clown shoes. And he goes, what she would do is she would walk from the edge of the National Forest, cross our property, and head up to the ridgeline. We saw her do it many times. We'd almost see her on a daily basis. 
And I said, we're talking about a physical woman, right? And he said, well, I thought so until this happened. So before the spirit medium shows up, here comes this woman one night. It's like 7 o'clock at night. Sun's starting to set. And she's walking up there. And he goes, Wes, we had, and I, I think he even sent me the audio of it. Uh, and it sounds like Sasquatch is, I mean, it, it sounds like they're going off in the background. But here comes this woman. She steps out of the forest, starts crossing uh, across her property, and she's heading straight for that ridge line where all this noise is going on. And one wow. of the brothers told me, he goes, man, if you, he goes, we heard trees being knocked down. He goes, it sounded like 20 lions up there roaring and just fighting. And he goes, so I tried to stop her. I, I ran out there and said, listen. And he goes, I've tried to stop her in the past, but she never stopped. He goes, I wanted to know her name. I want to know if she needed food. I want to know if she needed help. Uh, if there was possibly family looking for her. He goes, we decided with some crazy old woman. So she heads up to the ridge line. And the brothers are sitting there and they're like, she's dead. You know, they're like, hey, we tried to stop her. We tried to warn her, but she's dead. So the brothers go to bed for the night. And the next morning they get up, I think it was Saturday morning, and they're sitting in their garage. It's about 7 o'clock in the morning. Garage door is open. Both brothers are sitting there. Pretty soon here comes this woman walking down from the ridgeline. And so one of the brothers, the one I spoke to, ran out to stop her. And he's like, stop, 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 stop. Well, she wouldn't stop. She just kept walking, almost like he wasn't there. And one of the, he, he told me, he goes, what I said to her was, I command you to stop. And he goes, Wes, I don't know why I said that. He goes, I don't talk to women that way. Uh, but I, I use the term, I command you to stop. And she stopped. And she turned. And he said, when she turned and looked at me, she gave me the most evil, sinister smile. It was pure evil. And then she was gone. And I said, what do you mean she was gone? Like she ran into the forest? He goes, no, she was just gone. She was there one minute and she was gone the next. And... I had talked to both brothers, and the other brother said, yeah, I was sitting about 30 feet away, 40 feet away, and she just vanished. He goes, I was so confused by it because we always assumed it was a flesh-and-blood woman, and she just vanished in thin air. And he goes, I was watching the whole thing from about 40 feet away. And so they contact the spirit medium. Is this story getting too weird? No. no I'll keep going. So, keep going. So they contact the spirit medium. And they start asking her about this woman. And the spirit medium says, it's not a woman. It's a demon. It's an entity. And the entity is presenting itself as a woman, but it's not a woman. And she has control over these creatures. Well, they start asking her, well, what do you mean you have control over these creatures? She said that they're coming out of the earth. That's why more and more people are seeing Sasquatch. That's why more and more people are seeing Dogmen. And they're empty vessels. And it's just a normal animal. That's why 90% of the reports you get are just nothing more than just a normal wild animal. She said only when they're possessed by a demon. Again, going back to empty vessels. And neither one of the brothers knew what empty vessel meant. And I kind of had to clarify with them what the empty vessel thing meant. But she said that when they, only when they're possessed can they do extraordinary things. Uh, and the way she explained it to him was, you know, when a person is possessed by a demon, their facial structure will change. Uh, she's had grown men sweat blood. Uh, they'll have the strength of 20 men. They'll speak Sumerian. And she's actually done exorcisms where the facial structure of someone changes while they're being possessed. 
and they will do weird things. Uh, she was in a situation one time where uh, the spirit refused to talk to her verbally and started mind speaking to her while she's trying to perform the exorcism. And she said that these creatures do the same thing, but only when they're possessed can they perform these weird... Uh, she said everyone in the Bigfoot world's right. No one's really wrong. Everyone's kind of right. Uh, these ordinary things that you see them do. And one of the brothers said, Wes, if this is the last time we talk, that's fine. But I got to get this off my chest. He said, we were sitting in just outside the garage in our chairs facing the National Forest. And one of these creatures climbed up a tree, turned into the predator. And I said, predator? What do you mean by predator? And he goes, have you ever seen the predator movie? And I said, yeah. He goes, it, it didn't quite vanish, but it was pretty close. You could still see through it. Jumps out of the tree, lands, and then goes back to just a flesh and blood. And these brothers were all for this thing just being a monkey in the woods. It, originally, when I very first talked to them, they said, oh, we've got these monkeys out here causing problems. And the more and more they got involved with it, the more and more they started realizing there's more to the story than just a simple monkey. The other mm -hmm. part of the story that gets interesting is the military showed up on their property. And I said, well, how do you know the military showed up on your property? And he goes, we had a drone crash in our backyard. I said, really? How big was the drone? He goes, I don't know. It was about 20 feet long, uh, probably a wingspan to match. So it was an airplane that it fell, in, basically, fell in the yeah. freaking backyard. Basically just an airplane. And he goes, it was a drone. It had a camera on it. It was a drone. He said four guys showed up in ghillie suits, and within four minutes, that drone was gone. And he said the other interesting part is they kind of sit up on a ridge looking down into the forest. And he said at night, these guys in ghillie suits will use a blue laser. And I said, well, what do you mean blue laser? And he goes, well... We see him using these blue lasers out in the forest. And one night we were out there, and he goes, I swear one of the creatures stepped out in the open looking right at the blue laser. And he goes, but when the laser went off, we couldn't see anything anymore because it was kind of down in the wood line. Uh, but he goes, I, and I don't know what any of that's about, but uh, I just think it's interesting. You know, normally I would be like, mm, I don't know about this story. But after t I'm telling you, after talking to these guys, they were absolutely terrified, absolutely sleep exhausted. They were stressed out. And it's like talking to two completely different people now. Uh, I can tell they're relaxed. I can tell they're not stressed out. And I don't know what to make of that. You know, and he, and he contacted me again and didn't really want to come on the show. But he said, hey, if people are having problems with this, uh, you know, he, here's what it worked for us. He said, because we tried lights. We tried lighting the place up. We tried putting up cameras. It didn't stop them. They could care less. They would walk right out in the open. And it's interesting. The other part that's interesting about this, I've mentioned this to a few researchers, assuming they're going to freak out and say, well, come on, you, you've fallen off your rocker. Not one researcher has said that. Uh, every researcher I brought this up to said, yeah, you're, she's probably right. And, and that's the other part that throws me for a loop. Now, I'm not saying that's what Sasquatch is. I want to get that on the table really quick. I'm just saying this is a very interesting anecdotal, anecdotal story that I think holds a little bit of weight just from my relationship with these guys. Well, well I agree with you. You know, actually, I've, as you well know, I've been researching this for a hell of a long time. And 
when you first uh, <clears throat> let, shared this story with me, I'm sure that I was one of the people you're referencing that, yeah, I've shared this with some researchers and they all kind of said, yeah, well, I could see how that could be happening. Well, that ties in with a bunch of stuff that I found out independently and makes good sense with it. I mean, down to little weird details like certain tribes saying that they were soulless. They're not humans. They're not animals. They're somewhere in between. They don't have the sort of um, self-awareness that we do. But on the other hand, they're not um, completely dumb like an animal is. They're, they're somewhere in between. And then you also have the uh, the whole thing with the, the aliens and how many people have heard them say things about um, containers and calling humans containers. And, you know, is it is this, in fact, the same thing going on there? where these, you know, these little gray bodies are just um, automatons somehow created for them, for these demons to possess, and they can do the same thing with a Bigfoot, you know. And um, from a biblical standpoint, a demon can pretty much possess anything unless it's protected by God, which stops him from being able to do it. On the other hand, if you're trying to possess something that's an inanimate object or an animal, it doesn't have a soul for you to, to, to fight with. So it's a no effort. You can automatically possess it, basically, if you want to look at it from that standpoint. So, again, if these things were, you know, big, powerful, can see in the dark, super fast, da-da-da-da-da, they got all these physical attributes that obviously these things, if they're demons, would like to have. And if it doesn't have a soul to fight with, makes it so easy for them to go ahead and possess it and take it over. Um, you know, honestly makes me think about some of the stories that I've heard about Wendigo and Gugwies and stuff and their whole behavior and, um, you know, like things with uh, the Bigfoots having uh, suddenly all of a sudden their eyes will turn red and start glowing. Well, what the hell is that all about? You can't physically do that. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, uh, the thing is, is, is uh, I don't think anybody really knows. And, and I, I don't quote myself as a uh, uh, an expert, but I remember saying back, Wes, uh, you and I had a conversation way back in 2012. Uh, and one of the comments that I made way back then was, I think they're demonic. Um, they move in certain ways that I've never seen before due to our experience. And even from that, it, till to this day, I still can't explain exactly what happened, the way they moved, the way they looked. It was just unnatural. It wasn't part of this earth. Um, whether it be aliens or whether it be demonic, I'm not quite sure. But I know that it, uh, to me... I hate to say this, but I really kind of don't believe it's a real flesh and blood creature. And when you start talking, you start getting into the, into the demonic uh, terms of it and, and things take or taking souls, man, it almost makes me want to just kind of check out. I don't want anything to do with that. I've had uh, experiences in my, in my past life that uh, I've experienced some, a, a couple things like that. And maybe one day on another show, we'll talk about it, but I'm not going to talk about it tonight. Uh, yeah, it's creepy, and uh, I, I personally really don't like it. I totally agree with you, and that's one of the problems that me and Wes are having with this whole thing. Neither one of us is uh, willing to buy into it at this point because it's an interesting you know, notion, and it does fit a lot of the data that we get. But on the other hand, it's like it's really hard to accept, and we really don't want to believe that's what's going on. We, you know, we're flesh and blood, hands-on, real reality, non-woo-woo type guys. So for either one of us to buy into this whole thing is like epically difficult, and we're going to have to see a hell of a lot of evidence before either one of us is willing to 
sign off and say, yeah, this is what I believe at this point. Yeah, but what evidence do you collect? What well, yeah. And that's the problem. What evidence is there other than than what you've seen? Because it's one of those things to where when something happens to you, you don't, you, you know, you can't just whip out a cell phone or a camera and be like, oh, boom, I got it. And I get that. I get that with the whole Bigfoot thing, Sasquatch thing, is when something happens, it happens as a split second, and you don't carry a camera around you at all times. Um, and, and so it's kind of one of those things that's really hard to prove until it happens to you. And I understand where those brothers are coming from. Um, it's a very, it's a fascinating story. Uh, and I'm just glad not to be one of those brothers. <laughs> yeah. They're tough guys. That's for sure. You know, I got another one for you guys. And, and, you know, some of this stuff is, is phone calls behind the scenes that the audience never gets to hear. But I had another guy. He was an ex army ranger. Here's where it gets interesting. Uh, actually, I don't know. He was an army. He was special forces. He got out of Iraq and, and he told me, he goes, Wes, I just had to get out of, I had to get away from people. I was going nuts. I'm sure it was PTSD, but I just had to get away from people. And so I, when I got out of the military, he said, you know, I had my full retirement, I had everything and I really didn't have to work. And so friends of his had a cabin up in Snohomish, Washington. And so he goes up to this cabin has no running water, and has no electricity. It's literally in the middle of freaking nowhere. And so he's in this cabin, and he didn't buy into Bigfoot prior to this. So he goes up to, uh, in this cabin, and what's interesting is he started noticing the creatures around this cabin. He said they would come around, he would hear them at night, he's pretty sure they walked around the cabin at night, and he would even see him during the day. He'd go down and fish during the day. He goes, I absolutely loved it up there. He goes, it was total peace for me. He he would run into them while he was fishing. He would see them. And so he was intrigued by it. He was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. And he goes, you know, they laugh, right? And I go, well, what do you mean they laugh? And he said, well, he goes, I'm sitting in the cabin one night. Sun's already set. Put my head down. And it's dead silent in the cabin. And pretty soon I hear... Job of the Hut laughing outside the the cabin, and he goes. It sounded just like Job of the Hut. The ho 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 ho, and he goes. It freaked it freaked me out. He goes. It really freaked me out. And so he gets up, runs outside, and he doesn't see anything. Closes the door, locks everything, and tries to go to sleep for the night. Well, the creatures kept coming around the cabin. I should have him on the show because uh, it's an interesting story. But so the creatures kept coming around the cabin. And he said they'd look in the windows, you know, even during the day, he'd be sitting on the couch, he'd look over, one's looking right at him, and then it would take off running. And he said that it reminded him of a monkey, is what he would put it as. Somewhere across between a human and a monkey, is what he said. He said the face is human-like, but it's not human. So he did see one. He saw one then. Oh, he saw several of them. And he this went on for months. And he said they, he had apple trees out, front, out in his backyard. He had all kinds of fruit trees, and uh, they would come around pretty, pretty often. And he said, but it started getting weird. And I said, what do you mean it started getting weird? He goes, I, I saw one running, and then it vanished, but it didn't quite vanish. He didn't know the term cloaking. Uh, but he goes, I saw one vanish, but it didn't really vanish. And then it came back to flesh and blood. He goes, I thought something was wrong with my eyes. He goes, I'm not, I, I'm not a drinker. I wasn't smoking weed. He goes, I'm drug free. Uh, but it was just odd. And he goes, I had no explanation for it. And he goes, that wasn't the only time I saw that. I actually saw that a couple times. 
Uh, and he goes, I have no explanation for it. And he goes, the laugh at, at night, and they would come around, they'd hit the house at night, they'd bang on the house. Uh, he said he could smell them through the cabin walls. Uh, he said they just stunk when they came around. He goes, it reminded him of sulfur, which is interesting that he brings up sulfur. But he goes, brimstone. yeah, brimstone. But he said it reminded him of, it smelled like sulfur, and they just stunk when they came around. And he said he never really got a great feeling from them. It wasn't really like a relationship with them. And then one night, there were several of them around the cabin. They were banging on all the walls. They were screaming and yelling. They were roaring. And he packed up all the stuff, and he left and never went back to that cabin. But he said what he saw was very unnatural. The, the, he, goes, I, I, he goes, I can't explain it. He brought up the term predator, too, as well. And he goes, I have no explanation for it, but I'm telling you. Uh, they do something. He goes, I, it wasn't like a trickery of light. It wasn't that they were, he goes, this thing was running across a grass uh, meadow when I saw it like vanish. And then it came back and he goes, I have no explanation for that. None. And he didn't mm-hmm. really want to come on the show. Uh, he just kind of wanted to get off his chest. And so it's like, what do you do with a report like that? You know, when you get these reports, it's like, where do you put that? Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing about having multiple reports. I mean, you know, let's face it. Most of the information you get on these critters is from eyewitness accounts. And when you start getting a lot of eyewitness accounts that all have the same sort of details, you can start thinking maybe there's something to that. Um, At least, you know, for the time being until Wes left the study, that one that he's got hidden in his garage, that's the best we're going to be able to do. Well, you know, and that just proves there is, I mean, when you have multiple accounts like that, it it definitely tells you that there's something there's something out there and something's happening. Um, do I, again, do I believe that it is a complete uh, flesh and blood creature? And Duke, you hit it, you hit it on the nail on the head is until Wes has one in the garage. We don't know. And that's what, that's what, that's what kind of drives us all. I would say, I would say at this point is uh, we're, we're all interested and we want to find out what it is and we all would like answers. Uh, you know, in Snohomish, Washington, that's not too far from where we're at, Wes. So, uh, it would be kind of cool to maybe, uh, if you could get that guy on the show and I'd be willing to go out there and, and check it out and, uh, and meet with the guy. That would be, that would be something I'd be interested in doing. Yeah. And to your credit, Woody, you did say they were demonic after our encounter. I kind of balked it a little bit. Well, well, I, I, I think I probably did way back then. It was, it was kind of back then and everything was so new and it was kind of a shame, shame thing to say. And I wasn't, you know, and, and, uh. But, you know, there's so, there's so many things that come along with uh, Sasquatch. And, and one of them is a lot of people feel that uh, possibly aliens are involved. Some people believe that it's a, it's a demonic creature. And really, none of us really know. You know, no. I, 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 would hate to, I would hate to think that it's a demonic creature. But from, from my personal experience, I'm, I'm not so quite sure that it is not. Uh, I've never seen anything move the way that these these creatures are critters the way the way that duke puts them i like that i might have to i might have to rob that from you but uh you know i'm not so sure myself and that's why i keep going every day and i keep trying to find out what the truth is and eventually hopefully in our lifetime you guys that we will find out well if nothing else at this point we may not be able to tell you what they are but we're getting a lot closer to being able to tell you what they're not which is progress yeah, that's true. And, and, you know, one of the things I remember when I had Gary Wayne on the show, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard the Nephilim shows, but uh, yep. Gary Wayne said something to me that on that show that really stuck with me. He said, you know what? They're in China. They're in Russia. They're in Australia. 
there in the United States. Uh, and, you know, he's like, they're basically on every continent, yet there's not a whole lot of, there is evidence, but there's really not proof that they technically exist. Uh, you can get track cash, you can get sounds, you can get, you know, even some good video of them, but there's really no proof that they exist. And I remember he brought it up to me at the time. He said, do you think that this is a flesh and blood creature? And I said, absolutely. And even if you go off of the quote unquote spirit medium, she even says it's a flesh and blood creature. Uh, right. But there is something different about them. You know, it, why is it that when people go into an area, they automatically have a feeling they're being watched? Or here's another one you'll hear from these Bigfoot researchers, uh, investigators. They will say, <laughs> when I go into an area, I can tell they're here. And Woody knows what I mean. I, him and I have yep. both felt that before. And why is it you can feel that they're in the area? I can't tell you if a cougar is in the area. I can't tell you if a black bear is in the area. But why is it when I stroll into an area, I can almost tell you from the vibe in the air if there's something nearby or not. And, and that's not something I, I could have told you prior to my encounter. But going back into some of these areas, and I know some of these Bigfoot researchers will say the same thing. I've heard them all say it. Why is it when you go into an area, you get a vibe there in the area? Or when you walk mm -hmm. into an area, you feel completely fine? Like, like mm -hmm. there's another. Why is that? That's not, to me, that doesn't seem natural. And not only that, think about the multiple reports that comes, that, that the calls and the multiple reports that come in, that the calls that you take, Wes, that are saying, well, I didn't really see anything, but I know they're there. I can feel uh -huh. they're there. I know they're there. And a lot of people, you know, will cast judgment saying, oh, well, this guy's just crazy. Well, I don't, I, I'm not so quick to judge someone like that uh, because it's happened to me. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that hopefully we will find the answer to. And, uh, you know, until then, we just get we just keep plugging away and, and hoping for the best and doing our research. You know, my two cents worth on investigation. that one. It, it is different. Investigation, I'm sorry. I used to hunt bear a lot because I don't really care for venison. And, you know, bear will fight back if they have an opportunity to do so. They are predators uh, on occasion. They're not just always scavengers. And I've actually had a couple bears that were in, they were profiling for an attack. They were looking at me like I was going to be a meal. And at the time, I knew that they were doing it. And it was a scary situation, but it wasn't anything like the first and the third time that I saw a Bigfoot. Those things literally were radiating terror. You not only knew they were there, and you not only had the feeling that they were, you know, thinking about maybe eating you, but it was like the thing was actually radiating fear. And the creepiest thing about this situation, as I say, the the first and the third time, the first one was the Wendigo out in the woods. The third time was one that was just sitting in a thicket pretending to be a stump. The second time, when I got as close as possible to one of these things without being grabbed by it, I didn't realize what it was until I was almost on top of it because I didn't get any kind of creepy feeling or anything out of it. It was like it could turn it off to not let me know it was there even though it was standing right in front of me. That's why I thought it was a bear until I was like right on top of it almost. A couple a couple of my, I would say, and there's probably a lot of listeners out there that feel the same way, is probably the top two questions are, one, what are they? And number two, what is their agenda? I mean, do they have some sort of agenda? Are they just some sort of a, a predator, a spiritual predator? Is And Ron Moorhead would probably love this conversation because <laughs> he would tell you something that's probably they're trapped within a dimension somewhere or something like that. But 
uh, do they have some sort of agenda? I mean, uh, it's a simple question, maybe a simple, stupid question, but what what is the purpose? What is the purpose of the, of them? You know, um, and it's one of those things that kind of makes you think. Hmm, I, I I don't know, and and it's one of those answers we maybe in our lifetime will never get answered, but it's definitely food for thought. I think it's interesting when they show up, the forest goes quiet. Why does the forest go quiet? Why does yeah. everything go dead silent? And why is it most people realize they're being watched when they go into an area? And why is it that we can't get them on trail cams? I'm so sick of the argument, and I won't say who says this, but it, it drives me nuts every time he says it. Uh, well, I probably shouldn't say that. But the saying goes like this. Well, we're looking for a needle in the haystack, but the needle is constantly moving. Well, give me a break. You know, uh, cougars are one of the most elusive animals on the planet. Hands yep. down, a cougar is the mo- one of the most elusive. You'll find their tracks. We have an infestation here in Washington State of cougars. Rarely will you ever see one. A friend of mine just shot one last hunting season. It was tracking him. Yeah, and I won't say his name, but it was like he's on you know, a good friend of mine for a number of years. He's poaching. Uh, say his name. No, he wasn't poaching. He was hunting, <laughs> and. Uh, he actually he heard he one was stalking him and he actually ended up with the upper hand and took it but uh and he has pictures to prove it so and he never even knew it was there he was he had been hunting that same place for for days and days and days and days and apparently the cougar was tracking him the whole time and and he caught wind of it and uh he did get the upper hand because he's been hunting us since he was a little boy but um they are one of the most elusive creatures and you know we still get them on trail cams too that was a point i was going to make thanks for cutting me off yeah uh you're welcome (laughs) Uh, yeah, and you're right, Woody. I mean, we we get them on trail cams, and they are hands down one of the most elusive creatures out there. And so I, I struggle sometimes with, you know, why is it that we don't really get Sasquatch strum, stumbling across trail cams? And I'm tired of the old argument about, well, it's their home, and if you had a trail cam sitting up in your living room, you would know about it, right? Give me a freaking break uh, when, they're, when, when they're out there. I mean, you have to go step by step and look to actually find a trail cam. And I can't see one not stumbling across one. I just can't. I think that they will stumble across a trail cam, but yet they avoid them. And when people put them up on their homes, I've had uh, people who have these things around their property. And there's one other point I want to make, but I'm not done on my soapbox. But when people put them up, these trail cams up around their home, these things avoid them like the plague. Why is that? Why is it that they avoid those trail cams? It makes no sense. We think they yeah. have a proto language. We think they have this and that. We yet they they know what a trail cam is. Give me a break. Yeah. And the yeah. interesting part too is when you start running into this paranormal stuff with Sasquatch, and I try and stay away from it on the show. But when you run into that paranormal stuff, generally it's with people habituating these creatures. They will talk about the mind speak. Coincidentally, in alien abductions, they talk about mind speak. Coincidentally, yeah. in demonic possessions, they talk about mind speak. Uh-huh. Uh, so maybe we're all talking about one and the same in all these subjects. But those people, and it's always the same people. They feed them, they leave gifts for them, or tributes, whatever you want to call it, and they have these strange paranormal encounters. However, when you see a guy who's out there in the forest, and he's talking about, um, I'm using my Trump. <laughs> what he's laughing you know how trump talks with his fingers like he does the okay sign then he that's what i'm doing across the table with woody i'm doing then, he does, the, then he does then he does the downward point yeah that's what i'm doing i'm doing the downward point and i'm talking like trump but the point i'm trying you to gotta, make you gotta blow your lips up just a tiny bit <laughs> 
But the point I'm trying to make is these people are the ones that run into the paranormal stuff. It's never the hunter that comes across one. They'll always describe it as an animal. It's never the hiker that comes across one. It's never the camper that comes across one. They will always describe it as a wild animal. However, in these habituation sites, they start talking all this paranormal stuff. And before I was always like, yeah, it's, you know, most of the people and the, most of the researchers and habituators are crazy anyway. 90% of them are nut jobs. So it's easy to pass off and go, well, this guy's just nuts. However, when you get someone on the phone that you've been talking to for months and months and months, they're convinced it's a monkey and two brothers are going to shoot it. And then they do a 180 on you and you can tell by their behavior that, uh, and they had actually gifted with it too. And the interesting, uh, I'm all over the board. The interesting part about these brothers, they had left food out for them. They had actually left out gifts for them. They set up trail camps. They set up a four um, trail cams surrounding this pile of food they left for these saints. Here's where it gets weird. So they set up these four trail cams. And he goes, Wes, I'm telling you, uh, this is going to be a strange one. But I'll, I'll tell you what happened. He goes, it was the only time we ever left food for them. And the spirit medium said, don't leave anything for them because they look at it as a tribute. It's not food you're leaving for them. You're not feeding a hungry animal. You're Your leaving to leave you alone. You're leaving a tribute for them. Yeah, and, and I want you to talk about that, Duke. But you're leaving a tribute for them. And they will leave you alone for a short period of time, but they will expect that tribute if it's not left. So he goes, we leave this food out. And he goes, it was my brother's, my dumb brother's bright idea. But we leave this food out. We set up these four trail cams surrounding this food. And he goes, I leave. I come back an hour later. The food's gone. So he's like, okay, I either got a raccoon, I got a bear, or I got a Sasquatch. I got one of them on camera. Because there's no way you can step inside and grab this food without these trail cams going off. So he takes down all four trail cams. All four trail cams have four minutes of missing time. They all failed at the same time, but they all went black at the same time. And it's, it's I don't know if you call it missing footage, but they malfunctioned. And the food's gone. How do you explain that? I mean, I have no, I had no explanation to give these guys. I could understand, and it's one of those things where I'd love to argue the point with them and say, no, it's flesh and blood. But the problem with that is, okay, one trail cam fails. We can all agree a trail cam can fail. Two trail right. cams fail. Okay, well, it's coincidence, but maybe two trail cams failed. Three trail cams fail. Well, it's odd, but I guess it's, four trail cams fail? Are you freaking no. kidding me? And I have no explanation for it. And I, I just think it's fascinating because she specifically said to them, these things are coming out of the earth. They're from within the earth. They're coming out of the earth. And soon they're going to attack. And she mentioned revelations. I think it says something. In that I was going to say, isn't there a biblical term that uh, says something yeah, it's familiar in to that? Yeah, it's in yeah, revelations. Attack the people. Yeah, and a fifth of the people would be killed by the beasts. And it's a real, there's not a lot of details on what it's explaining. No, it's, but, it's pretty vague. That's why it can easily be construed to mean that. But it, it's just interesting. And I, I thought I'd share it with you guys. I just thought it was a weird, weird story. And I'm not really sure what to make of it. And, and again, these guys were not paranormal guys by any means when I first talked to them. Um, I could tell they were stressed out like no one's business. 
And now they're kind of relaxed. Both brothers are relaxed. In fact, they're uh, both brothers. I probably shouldn't say it's on the air, but both brothers are fighting right now because one brother wants to continuously go out and look for them. The other brother wants nothing to do with it. And, <laughs> and the warning she left for them was... That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. The warning she left for them was, don't go looking for them. Don't talk about them. Uh, because the more you look for them, the more you're going to find them. She said it's the same thing with demons. If you want to find a demon, you can find one. Go get a Ouija board. Go start messing around with some of the occult stuff, and you will find a demon. And she said it's the same thing with these things. And again, I'm just telling this to the audience. I know they're privy to this conversation, but uh, I don't know what to think of that, man. I really don't know what to think of that. It kind of blew my mind when... I've been holding on to this for a while. I kind of, I feel like one of the uh, listeners. It kind of feels good to get this off my chest. <laughs> yeah, it's actually been something that's been weighing on my mind too, Wes. So you're not the only one there. I mean, uh, you know, some of this is really disturbing. And uh, again, like we were talking about earlier, it's really hard to get hard evidence to substantiate or disprove something like this being the case. All you can do is sort of, you know sit back and just keep collecting the data that you're getting. And, uh, you know, when it keeps actually buttressing this whole weird idea, it's it's creepy as hell. I, you know, I'd like to think that they're nothing but flesh and blood animals, and for the most part, they probably are. <clears throat> Is it possible for them to be possessed? Well, if you believe in demons, it's possible for pretty much anything to be possessed. So, yes, of course, they could also be possessed. Um, you know, but that just opens up such a can of really creepy worms and any of the other thing that you just mentioned with well in the end times the animals are supposed to attack people and da 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 well you know at the same time that supposedly we're you know in the end times or whatever getting near near that right now and I have over the last few years been finding more and more evidence of them closer to civilization so what to make of that I mean I'll go out in the middle of nowhere where five Ten years ago, I would expect to find them. There's none around. I go four or five miles from town. There's evidence all over the place. Well, what the hell's up with that? There isn't that much dumpster to dive in. Yeah, and the other thing, too, regarding what you're saying, Duke, that's the other thing I've noticed is they live on the edge of civilization, not so much out in the middle of nowhere, but on the edge of civilization. Why is that? And, you know, Linda Godfrey is going to be coming up, but uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about, the dog man, why is it when everyone runs into the dog man, they say it's evil? There was something yeah. evil about it. And and when did, you know, for me, I, I, I think about this and I'm like, Jesus, do, am I really buying into an upright running around canine? But I've talked to so many witnesses now to where it's like, I, yeah, I do. I think it's out there. And I think people run into it. And what it is, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But uh, it's just strange to... Especially the Dogman. The Dogman makes no sense to me at all. The Sasquatch, okay, let's put all the demon talk aside for the moment. Let's put all the paranormal uh, mumbo-jumbo aside for the moment. You could buy into the fact there's a primate out there running around that we haven't caught up with. It's, sure, it's, it makes logical sense because you would expect to find one in North America. There's primates on every other continent. Why would there be one here? Yeah, and... and uh, it's a little contradictory to what I just said a moment ago, but yeah, let's just put all that other stuff aside for the moment, the trail cams and all this other stuff. Yeah, you could go, hey, yeah, there's a, a non-human primate out there running around that we haven't just caught up with it and, uh, you know, this and that. But with the dog man, 
I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about the dog, man. That makes no sense at all. For a canine to be up on two legs running around, that makes zero sense at all. However, when you listen to the witnesses talk and you let them talk without judgment, you'd be amazed how across the board how these people are so consistent on what they saw. Very, very consistent on what they saw. And Dogman isn't as big as Sasquatch, so it's not like a lot of... And I don't think most people are going to come forward and say, hey, I saw a Dogman. Uh, I can just tell you from talking to witnesses, they're hard to get on the air. They really are. They're really hard to get on the air. But in the same breath, it makes no sense. Yeah, I agree with you, Wes. It it doesn't make sense. But one of the things you have to look at is, is let's go back in history a little bit. Let's 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 go back to the the Egyptian Egyptian days. They even talked about dogmen back then. There's pictures of them. Um, so so this is nothing that's really new. It's just more people are coming out and talking about it now. You know, and, and let's also let's also take in fact that there's doctors out there that are messing with with the gene pool. You know that that could be a possibility as well. And who says that they couldn't be messing with it way back a thousand years ago? I don't know. But it, it's it's not like it's a, a really new topic, and I think it's something that we need to look at considerably. And, you know, I hope I never run into a dogman, but I don't think it's too far-fetched to think that there is something like that out there. I mean, Sasquatch, yeah, it's, it's, it's a more popular it's a more popular creature. We can all say that. Um, but as far as the dogman, I think, it, I think it's, it, it could possibly be a real thing. I mean, even at the, the International Bigfoot Conference, I had a couple – conversations with a few people about dogmen and some of the stories they told me. And before I went to that conference, I was, I was pretty much, mm, nah, didn't really, wasn't really buying the whole story. But after talking to a few people, I could, I could see that in their hearts, they were actually the stories that they were telling me they, the, in their heart, they truly felt that they did see a dogman. You know, I, I don't know what's worse. Do you want to see a dogman or a Sasquatch? Well, really, I'd really not see either one of them, but <laughs> um, I, I think that I think it's a very good possibility that they're out there, and it, it's it's kind of a shame that we don't have more evidence, and people aren't uh, are pursuing uh, people are not pursuing more research in that in that in the dogman. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, it hasn't nearly uh, uh, permeated our culture in the same way that Bigfoot has. I mean, you know, people that don't know anything about Bigfoot or don't believe it's real or anything still have heard of it. But, you know, realistically, not a lot of people have heard of Dogman. If they see something like that, well, it looked like a werewolf from a Hollywood movie. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah, which is odd because werewolves werewolves are very popular in our culture. Yet, most people shy away from the Dogman subject. Most people don't want to even discuss the Dogman subject, uh, which is odd to me, but... And is there there the same type of uh, demonic feeling with with the Dogman? I would say it's worse. It's worse. I would say it's worse. Most people that I've talked to... Why do you say that? Well, most people I've talked to... Obviously, I've never come across a dogman, but most people I've talked to said the dogman is evil. There was something not right about it. I I had Oscar on. uh, I love that guy. He's one of the listeners that I always remember. Uh, But he he talked about it being the king of the coyotes. I always remember him talking about it being the king of the coyotes. And I said, Oscar, why do you call it the king of the coyotes? And he said, well, it's just upright on two legs and, you know, was walking around like the king of the coyotes. And, it, you know, it reminded him of a coyote. But I, asked, <laughs> I even asked Oscar off the air and, and him and I, and I hope I'm not selling him out by this, but uh, he said, Wes, I, I don't, there's something not right about it. 
there's something not natural about it. And it, just like with our encounter, Woody, how you said, oh, it's demonic. And I was like, this guy's, this guy's more than lost his mind. Uh, but he was saying, hey, this, this thing is, is demonic. And a lot of people who've come across the Dogman, they will describe it as being evil. There was something wrong with it. Even if you go down to um, Southern California and you talk to the Border Patrol agents, they will say it's a demonic – they call it the devil dog. And I was like, well, where'd you guys come up with devil dog? And he goes, it has red glowing eyes. A lot of the reports we get, I, a guy almost hit one with the, the Border Patrol SUV, and he said it had red glowing eyes when he saw it. It was very much a flesh and blood creature, but that's why they call it the devil dog, because of these red glowing eyes, and they tend to run into it a lot down there. And I would say, you know, most encounters with Sasquatch, people are frightened uh, there's a, a some depending on the encounter. There's a fear; they want to leave the area. They get into flight, fight or flight. But it's not. Most people don't say it's evil. Most people don't say there's something demonic about it. Most people don't say that. Some do. It's more of like a hungry creature. Of yeah, some sort. Most, it's, it's a huge predator they come across and that scares the crap out of. Them. I am not sure, and you might you might uh, you can correct me or and Duke you oh, as well. Oh, I will. I know you will. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is with the dogman, you don't hear as many of like the alien reports. You don't hear about the shape shifting. You don't hear about uh, the predator type stuff. At least I haven't. I could be completely wrong. You guys, I don't know. But with Bigfoot, you hear about all these other things that come along with Bigfoot. But normally when you hear about a dogman encounter, I saw a dogman and that was it. Yeah, that that seems to be the case. I mean, I haven't had, I'm not a big dogman researcher, but the few people that I have talked to that have had dogman encounters all say pretty much exactly the same thing that Wes is saying. There's something evil about these things. They seem like they radiate fear. Just being around them will scare the crap out of you, much less anything they're doing. So to me, it seems, you know, between that and the upright bipedal canid thing, it seems a lot more likely that there's some sort of supernatural element tied in with them. One of the things that people will say when they run into these things is they will say there was something not right about it. There was something evil about it. There was something um, – and it's, it's interesting to hear witnesses say that because if you come across a cougar, for example, or you come across a black bear or you come across a, la- a large wolf, I've never heard a hunter say it was evil, ever, ever use that term evil. They'll say, well, it was aggressive. They'll say, well, I had to shoot it. Or they'll say it was tracking me, so I shot it. Even your buddy, that your poacher friend that uh, shot one, uh, it would be you would be hard-pressed to ask him if it was evil. I bet he won't even know how to respond to you saying it's evil. He'll have no explanation for that. Well, when, in the di- and it, well, not to cut you off, but, well, the difference between that is, is – uh, he knew it was tracking him and he actually shot it and took pictures. And we haven't been able to do that with Bigfoot or the Dogman. So um, there's a, there's a huge uh, idea of, of proving yourself. You know, we haven't been able to do that with Bigfoot or, or the Dogman. Um, yeah. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why that people think that uh, wolves or uh, uh, Kaya, not Kaya, what's the name of the cat we're talking about? <laughs> Cougar, sorry. Um, Cougars, we don't get that evil feeling because we're able, that's something that's able to be killed. 
you know, when you talk to Dogman, when you talk about Dogman and Sasquatch, we haven't been able to kill one. So that might be where part of the, the primal fear might be coming in. Mm, I don't know. I've, I've talked to some people who have killed Sasquatch. Or claimed to have killed them anyway. Let's see it. Yeah. Well, good, good question. I don't have a good answer for you. Uh, thanks for coming on, fellas. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. But thanks for coming on. Right on, brother. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it.